0: and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have so much fun. You know, it's funny, This my guest today is a repeat guest. I had to look, he hasn't been on since 2014. I don't know how the heck that happened. Um, But I have so much fun chatting with this gentleman. And we're connected on social media. So, you know, we're good buds. Um, But, you know, it's it's always fun to to talk with Jason Falls. So again, Jason, welcome to the program. Um, you know, but we we really are going to have a great time talking today. So welcome, Jason.
0: Thank you, Deb. It's great to be back. I, I'm I'm sort of ashamed that it's been as that long, but you know, I climbed under a rock for a couple of years. So. Well,
1: and then COVID. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna blame a lot of stuff for many years on COVID. I mean, you know, I don't know what day of the week it is. COVID. Yeah, you know? <laughs> haven't been out of the house. Haven't put on shoes. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> you know?
0: yeah. Yeah. So, I have a much longer beard now than I had the last time I was on COVID.
1: I yeah. know. I know. I was looking at that. You know, it's, it's funny. The whole COVID hair thing was, <laughs> was, you know, such a bizarre thing because we couldn't go out, Um, yeah. you know, and, and so, you know, and, and the really funny thing, and, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about influence, you know, and that's the subject. The really funny thing about it was the women, that I'm connected didn't seem to care that much about covid oh. hair the men seem to care more i just oh, like yeah. that you know and, and so that yeah, was
2: interesting
0: I, I had the i had the unfortunate experience i, I had a 15 uh, year old who turned 16 during the covid
1: oh, uh, year oh so driver's and permit
0: yeah well that that's coming it's mm-hmm. actually this week is mm-hmm. when he's doing that mm-hmm. but uh speaking of haircuts when his hair finally got to the point where even he was like Dad, mm-hmm. I need a haircut. Mm-hmm. Everything was closed. So yeah. I cut his hair. Oh, and that was awful. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I thought I, I told him ahead of time, I said, look, you, what you have to do is just be okay with it being not perfect mm-hmm. until the barbershops open right. again. It, I'm not a professional uh-huh. stylist. Uh-huh. I don't really know how to. the first time I'd ever cut hair.
1: Right. You were so just I, keeping it out of his eyes.
0: I got it to the point to where it was decent it was Mm -hmm. shaggy Mm -hmm. it was a little unkempt but it was decent and he hated me for a
1: month oh (laughs) so hats all sorts of things
0: yeah hoodies he had a hoodie on for a long very long time in the middle of summer too that was fun
1: oh oh you know and and he he should have turned that he could have been (laughs) an influencer and set a whole new style
0: he could have he missed an opportunity
1: (laughs) well before we really dive in let me tell people just a little bit about you Because like I said, it's been 2014 since you were on. So Jason Falls is an award-winning digital strategist and often thought of as a thought leader in the digital marketing space. He's the author of three books. The latest is WinFluence. Look, I have it. (laughs) WinFluence, reframing influencer marketing to ignite your brand. He also hosts two podcasts, one also called WinFluence on influencer marketing, and the other is digging deeper about marketing strategy and creativity. He's also a regular contributor on that little thing called entrepreneur.com. So again, Jason, welcome.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here. And I appreciate the uh, uh, verbatim reading from what mom wrote.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> you know, we, we love these bios and, and you know, they're, they're always so much fun. Um, you know, and, and what I love and see, I can tell that you do a lot of these is you have a short, succinct bio. <laughs> I had one podcast guest that sent me a two page two page oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so yeah, obviously I edited it. But what we want to talk about is influence, influencers, and more importantly, winfluence. So um, you know, let's let's get a little bit of definition here to start with. So what aside from just the basic grammatical difference, is the difference between influencer and mm-hmm. influence?
0: So I think the way that I've sort of framed this conversation in the book and the way that I Mm -hmm. talk about it is the mainstream media has a tendency to report on influencers and Mm -hmm. influencer marketing in a very negative light. They only really bring it up when somebody does something wrong, when someone, some statistic comes out and says X percent of all Instagram Mm -hmm. accounts are fraudulent, etc. They don't really talk about the under the the overwhelmingly good that can come mm-hmm. out of influence marketing. Um, and so what what I think that has done is it's turned the term influencer into a bad word.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's kind of backed us into a corner. It makes uh, business owners who maybe haven't, uh, who don't spend their time in the marketing space, who don't think a lot about marketing, but who sort of read the headlines, they're starting to think of, of influencer marketing as these are people with a bunch of followers on Instagram and YouTube who mm-hmm. are superficial you aren't going to do anything for my business because that's how they've been portrayed. Right. You know, there's a documentary on HBO called Fake Famous, and it's all about mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, Nick Bilton, who's a former New York Times writer and writer for Vanity Fair now, took three, you know, imp- people who didn't have a lot of followers online mm-hmm. and took one of them agreed to do it full full throttle. And he basically bought fake bought followers for this person and turned her into a fake famous person. Mm-hmm. And so when when the mainstream media is producing mm-hmm. uh, a, a perception of influencers like that mm-hmm. and business owners who don't spend their time in the marketing bubble the way we do thinking about and talking about marketing and business all the time online then they're prejudiced against it. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I, and and 80 to 90% of the influencer marketing world out there is incredibly productive and pre- incredibly valuable for brands. That's the world that I right. live in every day. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, we've got to look at influencer marketing differently. And I think we need to change how we talk about it and how we label it. And Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about influencer marketing, which focuses Mm -hmm. on the channel, the individual, the noun, the person,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: we've got to start focusing on what we're trying to do. We're trying to Mm -hmm. influence an audience to take action. Mm -hmm. So if we just drop that R Mm -hmm. and say, look, I practice influence marketing, Mm -hmm. not influencer marketing, Mm -hmm. then there's a subtle shift in how you think about it. Right. And you think about influence from a much more broad perspective than mm-hmm. if you put that R on the end of it. And now you're thinking YouTube, Instagram, you know, famous people, Kardashians. Mm-hmm. But if you say I'm influence marketing, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like, well, that means a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. That can mean offline influence. That can mean political lobbying. That can mean, you know, community relations. It can mean a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just sort of said, we've got to save influencer marketing mm-hmm. by rethinking it and reframing it a little bit differently. Right. So that the people who aren't practicing it yet mm-hmm. um, aren't biased against it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and of course, it's been around forever, Mm -hmm. you know, long before computers were were ever even thought of, let alone social media and, and, you know, all of those various things, because, you know, we, we did what the Joneses did. You know, we, you know, mom said eat this because, and we, okay. You know, and, and all of those various things. I'm, I'm sure back in caveman times when Ugg got a better, you know, mallet, we all went, Ooh, you know, we have to do what Ugg does because we like Ugg or the opposite would happen. We're like, Oh, can't do that because we don't like Ugg. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and so Ugg was an influencer, um, you know, but he had influence over people. Um, You know, and and I think that's one of the things that that we do get caught up in is we, as you said, we think about those negatives and, you know, every single day of our life, we are influenced to Mm -hmm. do whatever it is.
0: That's true. And and everyone can be an influencer. Mm -hmm. Think about this. I, and I, and I'll say this as a, 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 you know, raise my hand and say, I'm guilty of this or Mm -hmm. not really guilty. It's not a crime, but. I've been standing behind two people having a conversation in line at the grocery store talking about something and it's persuaded me to either maybe go look that up when I get home or maybe buy or try a product or something that I haven't tried before because they're talking about how, Hey, I tried these new microwave meals for my kids and they were really good. So I think, well, next time I'm going to go grab some of those new microwave meals. So I've been influenced by complete strangers. We all have a degree of influence. Obviously, the core people who you influence or who influence you are your family and friends. Mm-hmm. And then there's concentric circles mm-hmm. out. Right. And then online influencers are one of those circles. Mm-hmm. Celebrities are one of those right. circles. Um, but it, it it also could just be the, the people that are sitting next to you in the next cubicle at work, if you're mm-hmm. back at work, uh, who are saying something that you overhear on the phone. Right. So when you think about it that way, as a brand, as a business, mm-hmm. how can you tap into this influence marketing concept where mm-hmm. you're not going to the internet and Instagram or YouTube mm-hmm. or TikTok or wherever. Mm-hmm. You're saying, okay, where is the audience that I want to influence Mm -hmm. and who influences them? Right. And if you can identify that, then you can start to think about influence marketing very strategically. And the, the case study that I always like to throw out there or the example I like to throw out there is if you are a small local business, and you sell to parents or soccer moms mm-hmm. or you know people who are you know, dads of teenagers, then the probably the most effective influencer for you might be the, the, the president of the local PTA, mm-hmm. right? Because they're going to be in front of the captive audience of right. people that you want to get in front mm-hmm. of. Now, for your business, depending upon what you do, that may not be a, a logical path to that audience mm-hmm. because the president of the PTA isn't someone that you buy ads with or mm-hmm. anything like that. But at the same time, it it might be that if you partner with the president of the local PTA and you provide value to the PTA Mm -hmm. from your business, they give you permission to stand up at the meetings and say a few things. Now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're influencing that audience. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's, and and you're right. It's been around forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first sort of, case that we point to from a marketing perspective of influence marketing mm-hmm. or celebrity marketing is Josiah Wedgwood, who made uh, you know the queen's uh, pottery for Queen right. Charlotte in mm-hmm. the 15th century or mm-hmm. something like that. And so he called it the queen's pottery. And mm-hmm. so everybody wanted to buy it because mm-hmm. the queen basically ordered this style from Josiah Wedgwood. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, there's influence from someone famous buying a product, endorsing it to, to a degree, and and Josiah Wedgwood making a lot of money off that, mm-hmm. and that's the been the the formula for uh, you know celebrity endorsement marketing, mm-hmm. which is a type of influencer marketing right. uh for, for 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 many years. Mm-hmm. But we've just got to start thinking about it in terms mm-hmm. of influence happens everywhere mm-hmm. and through every type of person, not just on the internet. And I think right. if we look at it that way, we start to look at it in terms of word of mouth marketing. Mm-hmm. We start to look at it in terms of, again, the, the strategic process of communicating and persuading an audience. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about using Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're talking about communicating an audience to take action. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know, it, was, it was funny. Uh, in yesterday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is the printed newspaper that is is here in Atlanta, um, I actually subscribe. Now, I don't get it on weekdays, but, uh, but I get the online version. And sure. there was a story. And, and I just I had to laugh because it's exactly what we're talking about. So the headline is your co-worker's burger may influence you to eat the same, study says. And <clears throat> what it's talking about is if they're eating healthy, mm-hmm. you might eat healthy. If they mm-hmm. eat junk food, you might eat junk food and you know and then the other factor that comes into it is time if you're eating with them or if it's been the the study said you know within 30 minutes you're more likely to kind of follow what they did if it's been longer than that you're like well whatever but you know th- we've we've seen that obviously you know for for many many years whether mm-hmm. it's been you know the kid in the cafeteria that you get to eat the you know the the pizza or, you know, the celebrity who is is eating something. Uh, but I just thought that was so funny that that was just in yesterday's newspaper.
0: Yeah, and and to be honest with you, if I'm a, a health food store or a health mm-hmm. food restaurant, I'm capitalizing on that, right. and I'm coming up with influence marketing mm-hmm. ideas to, you know, get my information mm-hmm. into the you know the business community into right. the co-worker sets. Mm-hmm. If I find a business that's got mm-hmm. a lot of people in it, I'm going to do some sort of mm-hmm. you know promotion with that uh, with that particular uh, building or audience or business mm-hmm. because I know that that's mm-hmm. going to. Uh, put Potentially cause people to influence their coworkers to right. eat healthier, and mm-hmm. if I'm right down the block and I'm healthier, then mm-hmm. I can capitalize mm-hmm. on that information. Right?
1: Yeah. You know, and your book talks about you. Know, oh, I'll be Vanna again. Up, oh, pick up the wrong thing. Here we go, Vanna. <laughs> um. And so your your book talks about the strategies and tactics and 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 you know how you need to do this. But you know, I was thinking as as we were talking about this food thing, you know, you you are the health food store, so you know maybe you sponsor the the local kids. Baseball team because mm-hmm. they are playing baseball. Again. And then you provide the after game treats, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then the kids are and kids are going to kids are kids. They're going to eat whatever anybody else puts in front of them. But, it, you know, it's like, oh, OK, well, he's eating it. So I will eat it, mm-hmm. um you know, and, but then the parents go, oh, well, you know, hey, you know, little Bobby like that, little Susie like that. So, you know, maybe I'm going to serve it at home. And then that goes. And then, of course, the ultimate word of mouth happens where mom posts on social media, Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and so she, you know, she posts on Facebook. Oh my gosh, we found this great new treat. You know, I never thought that little Bobby would eat carrot sticks and now he, you ask for them every meal, sure. Um, you know, and and so that's just kind of how that all goes.
0: Yeah, and if you if you want to sort of take that that concept that Deb just threw out there and put it a little bit closer to what we call typically call influencer marketing, if mm-hmm. you own that health food store mm-hmm. and you go supply the snacks for this you know little league baseball game after you know celebration or whatever. What, what looks a lot more like what we think of influencer marketing is is you go to the parents and say, hey, I would love to sort of do a little you know teaching lesson for all mm-hmm. of the parents of this mm-hmm. team or in this league mm-hmm. to show you guys how you can prepare healthy snacks that taste good mm-hmm. and get the kids excited about it. I've got like an hour little workshop yeah. that I do. Mm-hmm. Could I come and do it at one of your all's houses and you invite mm-hmm. the, the friends over? I'll do it mm-hmm. for free. I just want to show you guys you know mm-hmm. the concepts. You do that, now all of a sudden, they're doing Instagram stories right, they're and they're taking videoing, pictures yeah. mm-hmm. and they're they're inviting their girlfriends and their other mm-hmm. parents that they know. And now all of a sudden, your little store is causing mm-hmm. people to talk about your concepts, mm-hmm. your ideas, which is going to lead them back to you to purchase mm-hmm. the materials for that kind of preparation. So that looks a lot more like what we think of influencer marketing, but mm-hmm. it's, really, it's really a word of mouth marketing mm-hmm. technique that's used on and offline.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and and like we said, it happens all the time, um, you know, and and but it does have that bad rap because we think of the Kardashians, we think of you know all these various things, and and you know as I was doing my research, one of the things that I thought of was you know a, a influencer was created. Back in the eighties, I guess it was the most interesting man in the world, right? The Dostoevsky's guy, <laughs> yeah. um, you know. And I mean, and there, I I knew that there were two, but there were actually three actors who portrayed the most mm. interesting uh, man in the world. And you know, he, they were they were just actors. There was never a name that was given, so you know it wasn't that you know it was it was Roberto that that you were following. It was just he was the most interesting man, and it was you know it, it is silly stuff. I mean, you yeah. know clearly, but it it obviously worked because mm-hmm. it went on for many years. And spun off into other things, you know, and, and, and I mean, there's probably not a day that goes by that we don't see a meme still yeah. that has the most interesting guy in the world or some <laughs> take on that. And I just, I thought that was so funny that they created Mm -hmm. An influencer that was completely fictitious.
0: Well, if you really want to to blow your mind, think about this. There are companies out there that are producing uh, CG-produced influencers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people uh, uh, Instagram accounts Mm -hmm. that appear to be a human being, but Mm -hmm. it's not a human being. It's a computer-generated image, computer-generated videos, Mm -hmm. etc., that have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers, Mm -hmm. and they're sort of living this, you know, sort of made up life. It's fiction. It's really entertainment more than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple that have a few million followers Mm -hmm. and could potentially be used for brand partnerships, just like a real person Mm -hmm. with that many followers. So now you have the, you know, you have the most interesting man in the world, or I actually... Um, On my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to somebody else about the CGI influencer thing, mm-hmm. and I said, Kentucky Fried Chicken needs to CGI the colonel right now. That, oh, yeah. He needs to mm-hmm. be an influencer mm-hmm. in the world. That would be mm-hmm. fantastic. And mm-hmm. it's a, an, if you think at it about it from the perspective of advertising, creative, and engaging your audience, mm-hmm. there's a whole world of amazing possibility there if you think of it through this very narrow, you know, sort of funnel of, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you're lying to the public and you're pulling the wool over their eyes. And this is a fake person, Mm -hmm. not a real person. Well, yeah. If you, if you look at it that way and there's not some level of disclosure that this is a robot or this is Mm -hmm. a CGI character, then you get into some pretty gray area Mm -hmm. stuff. But I think if we look at the possibilities that we could take these, uh, personas like mm-hmm. the Colonel, like Tony, the tiger, mm-hmm. like the Red Bull bull, mm-hmm. um, and turn them into basically Instagram television right. shows with mm-hmm. a little instant with a little influencer mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden you're looking at social media and thinking, well, that could replace some mm-hmm. forms of entertainment for right. people, which it kind of does anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we've been using these personas and these characters, Ronald McDonald, et cetera, mm-hmm. for centuries, even, uh, at least decades. Mm-hmm. And now we have the opportunity to take that sort of concept and push it into a different realm where that character seems a little bit more real, a little bit more personal, a little bit more like me because I also have an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And so it's an interesting opportunity for brands to play in. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I think right now we don't have that I know of any brands that are faking an influencer. And and I don't think there's any that are faking it and and lying Mm -hmm. about it. The people that are doing running. These accounts are typically the CGI companies to Mm -hmm. say, look what we can do.
2: Right.
1: They're showing off their tech.
0: But that's the next Mm -hmm. phase of it. The next Mm -hmm. phase of it is we're going to have a KFC colonel. Harlan Mm -hmm. Sanders is going to be an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And you're going to think that it's Harlan Sanders interacting in the real world Mm -hmm. when it's not. And it's not an actor. It's going to be a computer Mm -hmm. animated thing. I don't know that KFC is going to do that, but it's an idea. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to do it. And it's probably going to be fantastic Mm -hmm. entertainment.
1: Right. You know, and KFC is an, an interesting study in all of this. And I know that, you know, you, you, it, it's something that interests you. They're based in Louisville, which is yep. is where you are, um, you know, and and I mean, obviously, they're part of the Yum brand. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, uh, I, it, you know, the colonel was a real person. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, you know, he, he he made himself Colonel, right? It was, it was a total, you know, it, 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 he was not in the, in any military branch.
0: He was not, but we have a thing in Kentucky called the Kentucky Colonels. It's an mm-hmm. honorary designation uh, presented to you by the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like someone who represents the state. Well, right. And uh, so good he, ambassador, he mm-hmm. was given a state mm-hmm. ambassadorship at right. some point and mm-hmm. named a Kentucky Colonel. Mm-hmm. He, just he just carried the title it. with yeah. him. <laughs> you know, well, I'm, a, and, I'm a Kentucky and, colonel too, yeah, but I don't and, call myself Colonel right, Jason Falls.
1: Right. You know, and, and so, you know, he was that real person. And, you know, obviously he passed away quite a few years ago, but it's been interesting to see how they've tweaked the brand. Um, You know, they had the fake colonels for a while. You know, I remember Jason Alexander was one yep. and, you know, so, and none of those seemed to go over. I mean, it was, it was, it was like, it was too fake. You yeah. know, we, we looked at that and we went, no, I mm. want the real fake fake, you know, not not an actor. And and you know, that was that was just kind of one of those things that didn't seem to work.
0: Yeah. And I think if they that's why I love the idea of a CGI Instagram mm-hmm. version of mm-hmm. the kernel, because you could literally take Um, a representation of the original Harlan Mm -hmm. Sanders and turn it into a computer animated Mm -hmm. thing. And it's much more real. Mm -hmm. And you could use his witticisms Mm -hmm. and his sayings. Obviously, everybody's going to know that's Mm -hmm. not the real Harlan Sanders. He's passed away Mm -hmm. many years ago. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be an interesting Mm -hmm. play and representation for the brand if they decide to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they do tend to, to do things that are a little more edgy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and but, but I also, I thought it was interesting how last year they dropped the finger looking good, you know, and, and, you know, you, and I'm like, okay, but it's come back, you know, yeah. now that, now that we all know how to wash our hands, um, <laughs> you know, it's, that, that came back for a while, but, um, but yeah, it's just, they, they, they play with that. I mean, you know, and it's, the interesting thing is you don't see the other brands that, that yum owns really doing a lot of of things like that so it's you know it's they they very much still stand alone with what they do
0: yeah that's true and and i think you know at some point in the late 80s early 90s you know the the sort of marketing team at yum brands and kfc mm-hmm. decided you know the but this brand can have a personality this brand can can live right. a little mm-hmm. you know taco bell which is also owned by yum brands um, it has its own personality, but there's not a other than the Yokiero Taco Bell doll. Yeah, I was you know, just the saying Chihuahua, the Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. You know that that worked for a little while, but they they never have never really you know sort of captured this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to be more than just advertising mm-hmm. communications. Right. I think mean, KFC a lot of times is we've got to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, the the brand that takes that to the next level is Burger King, of course, right. because they, oh, yeah. they With go... the creepy king. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, yeah. he's just creepy. <laughs>
0: you know what's really funny? I, I'll tell you a funny story. I've only told this a couple times because I don't want to get in trouble, especially around here. But I did some research, some conversation research back in the day, about 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I looked at all the restaurant brands and what people said about things. And one of the insights that I, I pulled out of this research was that people thought the Burger King king was creepy mm-hmm. but the one sort of you know entity from that whole world mm-hmm. that they thought was creepier mm-hmm. was John Schnatter, Papa John. They thought he was creepier wow. than the Burger King colonel.
1: And he's real. That's interesting. And he's real. And mm-hmm. what's funny is
0: the research that we dug into, I started to analyze all the mm-hmm. things. And it actually came down to a really interesting quirk from a communications perspective. Mm-hmm. In the commercials that he used to be in, now he's no longer associated mm-hmm. with yes, Papa John's was, anymore. he did
1: bad things.
0: Yeah. Um, but when he did commercials, he would say, better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. But if you slowed down the video, mm-hmm. there was this almost subconscious tick that would happen. And he would go, better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John. His head would twitch huh. in between the two. Mm-hmm. And that little sub, sort of subconscious mm-hmm. characteristic made him seem like he was a record skipping. It was weird. It was like, ah. it, it was you, you kind of mm-hmm. looked at it. It was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And so I actually sent an email. to the, I don't, I've never mm-hmm. worked with KFC or, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, Papa John's. I've never worked mm-hmm. with Papa John's before. But I knew mm-hmm. some people there because I've worked in the same town. And I sent I, him an email and said, hey, mm-hmm. he needs to stop the tick. Mm -hmm. If he stops the tick, it might be better. Right. I have no earthly idea if my email caused anything, Mm -hmm. but about a year and a half later, I saw a commercial. He wasn't doing the tick anymore. Hmm. So
1: interesting. Yeah, that was probably just some maybe nervous habit or. or yeah, and,
0: but it's it's interesting, especially if you do public speaking or mm-hmm. if you're ever on camera on a right. show like this. If you study your own sort mm-hmm. of habits and how you do things, right. that the the real pros, the actors and performers mm-hmm. of the world, that's what they do. They watch themselves on right. tape forever mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, I'm doing this little quirk here, and I'm mm-hmm. doing this little gesture there, and I got to stop that." And that's how they get better and get polished. So if you're ever interested in anything like mm-hmm. that, just watch yourself on tape and say, "Okay, what am I doing that might be a little odd and." Fortunately, somebody may have been me, but somebody pointed out to him at some point that mm-hmm. that, that little twitch that you're doing is hmm. a little off-putting. So, interesting.
1: You yeah, and and that it, that brings up you know the the use of celebrities in yeah. in these things. Um, you know, and and for the most part, and, and your book talks about it. It doesn't really work you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, but, but obviously it's done all the time and whether it's a created celebrity, like some little 16 year old who has 2 million Instagram followers, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. Um, Or, you know, the Kardashians, I think Michael Jordan was probably one of the first big celebrity endorsers, um, you know, with, with his, his tennis shoes. But, you know, uh, most of the time, we look at those, and and either a, we don't believe that they use the product. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, Jennifer Aniston does not use skincare products that she could buy at Walmart. <laughs> I mean, you know, that just to me, it's it's just not believable. <laughs> You're probably um, right. <laughs> you know, and, and and she might. I mean, who knows? Or we also know, and you know, whether again, it's the the created celebrity or a real celebrity that they've been compensated for, mm-hmm. it. and so they're just. Acting as they're saying, you know, this Lincoln Continental is the greatest car in the world. I'm like, yeah, right, McConaughey. You don't drive a Lincoln either. Right. Um, now he actually might drive a Lincoln because they're, you know, they're he they're might. not bad. Um, but but you know th- that that I think that's one of the things that businesses think about is is they think, well, we can't have someone who's perceived as being bought off, paid for, all of those various things.
0: And that is the reason that Michael Jordan worked because Michael Jordan wore those damn shoes every night. Right. He helped design them. Mm-hmm. He was integrated mm-hmm. into the whole process. Mm-hmm. And so it was very genuine for him because mm-hmm. they were his damn shoes. It had yeah. his likeness on them. Yeah. I mean, there He was, did
1: make he, money yeah, off of them. He
0: made plenty of money mm-hmm. off of them, but we knew that there was a level of transparency mm-hmm. and authenticity with mm-hmm. that because he, he wore them every night. He didn't wear anything else, right? right. He helped design them. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that from an influencer marketing perspective, even mm-hmm. if you're just working with like local little micro and nano mm-hmm. influencers, for your business what you really want to do is you want to start to form a relationship with these mm-hmm. influencers over time right. so that they get to know you they mm-hmm. get to like you they get to trust you and mm-hmm. you with them as well to the point to where when they are telling their online followings mm-hmm. or their offline you know mm-hmm. relationships about your product or service they're doing it from a point of authenticity right they're doing- a very genuine, honest way. Mm -hmm. They're saying, Hey, I work with this company, Mm -hmm. but I would do this otherwise, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't, because I believe in the product Mm -hmm. so much. Um, And that's where you get um, the the be, the best bang for your buck mm-hmm. in influence marketing is when you form those relationships mm-hmm. over time, and they become something magical. Mm-hmm. I actually just yesterday interviewed the uh, VP of Marketing, Marissa Kunda, for a company called Kenmark Eyewear, and they they do frames and glasses mm-hmm. and whatnot, and sunglasses is obviously one of their big things. Mm-hmm. Well, they reached out to the hairdresser for One Direction years ago, the mm-hmm. boy band, mm-hmm. and started a conversation. Wasn't mm-hmm. really anything official. They were just like, hey, we'd love to send some product to the band mm-hmm. or to you or whatever. And so roundabout way, you know, the relationship grew and they became familiar with the band and the people around them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, Gemma Styles, Harry Styles' sister. Mm-hmm. Um, was in that ecosystem, in that Mm -hmm. group of people. She happens to love sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And on her Instagram feed back then, which back then she probably didn't have nearly as many people Mm -hmm. as she does now. I think she's got like 7 million followers on Instagram. And when you uh, Google her name under her picture, it says Harry Styles sister. I don't know that she does anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure she does. Actually, Uh I'm, I'm about to tell you what she does, but this was a result of anyway. So they got to know Gemma because they were in this kind of circle mm-hmm. of friends and she loves sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Well, they had this conversation mm-hmm. and she started using their sunglasses mm-hmm. on her Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward a couple years of the mm-hmm. relationship building, and now there's a Gemma styles line of Kenmark eyewear mm-hmm. that is, you know, sold in mm-hmm. you know boutiques and whatnot around the world. Mm-hmm. Gemma is the co-designer, co-collaborator mm-hmm. with Kenmark to make these things. Mm-hmm. And that's a really again another example of a very genuine organic thing. Right. They didn't go looking for Harry Mm -hmm. Styles' sister. They didn't go looking for Gemma Styles. They just had a relationship with Mm -hmm. someone who loved sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And over time, Mm -hmm. they grew together to to form something that's profitable for both of them. Mm -hmm. And people who follow Gemma, and of course, she hands them out to her celebrity friends Mm -hmm. and whatnot now. So she's got a nice avenue Mm -hmm. to promote those things. But at the same time, even if you're working with someone who's got a couple thousand followers Mm -hmm. in your local community, if there's a real genuine back and forth in Mm -hmm. a relationship. Built over time. That's where you get a lot mm-hmm. out of influence marketing that you don't have to worry about how much you're budgeting mm-hmm. or how much you're paying them or what the contract is, mm-hmm. because you know, they're going to be with you over the long haul.
1: Right. You know, and you talk about that in your book about, you know, it does take time to, to, to nurture those authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you also talk about the fact that when you're thinking about, having someone you know contacting someone look at what they've done in the past. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if it's something that glaringly they would not use or worse, have spoken right. against, you know, you you don't want to go with them. But I think, you know, that's that's one of the the issues is so many people want it now. You know, they want it right now. They, you know, and and, and that's why they pay for it. Um, you know and, and unfortunately then they sometimes pay for it. Um you know and and so but I, I love that that long term thing. And And then the fact that, you know, it just, it really does take time. You know, I think if if from a company perspective, there are things that you still want to have, you know, some type of agreement with, with someone, Uh, you know, you know, we've, we've seen companies even recently that have cut ties with their spokespeople um, because they've done some things that, that they shouldn't. I mean, there are other companies that, that relish the fact that, Hey, this person is a little controversial. I mean, Colin, Kaepernick is, is one of the biggest examples of that, yep. um, you know, and, and I mean, Nike drew a lot of flack for it, but they also sold a lot of shoes for it,
2: <laughs> yes, um,
1: you know, and and so but, you know, so you want kind of the I mean, you know, I, I mean, in, in, in the biz, it's a morality clause, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so you want that agreement with them. But, you know, you, you, you hopefully you don't have to deal with them saying, oh, my gosh, you know, either something controversial or worse, something negative about your product.
0: That's true. And in light of uh, 2020 and all the things that happened with social injustice and things like that, mm-hmm. I've actually I, I interviewed a, a young man by the name of Patrick Janelle, who is mm-hmm. a guy named Patrick on mm-hmm. Instagram for my for my podcast. I think that episode actually comes out you know tomorrow, mm-hmm. ironically enough. Uh, it'll already be out by the time this airs, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But um, uh, at any rate, I interviewed him and he said, you know, 2020 brought around brought about a reverse morality clause mm-hmm. for a lot of influencers. Right. Because they didn't want to work with companies mm-hmm. who were going to take a stand that would mm-hmm. oppose their own viewpoints, right. or they wanted an out if mm-hmm. a company did or if mm-hmm. a company did something dumb. Right. Um, yes. they Hello, wanted to say, I
1: live in Atlanta. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I re, I, Yeah, exactly. You know exactly how mm-hmm. that is. But it's like, you know, they wanted the ability to walk away from their obligation Mm -hmm. to the brand because they didn't agree with Mm -hmm. what the brand did. Mm -hmm. So, And that's fair. It Mm -hmm. works both ways. Mm -hmm. Um, We have entered an interesting uh, time when when brands are taking more of a social or political Mm -hmm. stance on certain Mm -hmm. things. Um, And uh, that might be comfortable for some brands. It might be uncomfortable for Mm -hmm. others. But there's a lot of influencers out there that are Mm -hmm. like, look, I take stands on issues, and if you're in my camp, then mm-hmm. you're going to as well, mm-hmm. or you're at least going to be associated with me. So mm-hmm. you got to be comfortable with that. Right. So having those agreements in place and understanding mm-hmm. who you're working with mm-hmm. for that reason is very important. Mm-hmm. But I would go a step further and say you really get have to get to know the content and the content mm-hmm. creator really, really well before right. you engage with them because mm-hmm. you want their, you, you're looking at their brand, their mm-hmm. content, their mm-hmm. audience. You want that to be in perfect alignment with mm-hmm. your own. Right. The farther apart they are, mm-hmm. the less effective it's going right. to be.
1: And it comes back to, hey, they were paid to do that.
0: Exactly. If if I am, and, and I work in the spirits industry, and so mm-hmm. I can use that as an example pretty easily. Uh, so if I am a Buffalo Trace bourbon, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, sort of rugged, power, strong, outdoors, mm-hmm. cooking over a fire hey, is a buffalo. lot of the stuff we do. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've we've partnered with a guy named Derek Wolf at Over the Fire Cooking for a long time. He does great recipes, mm-hmm. shows people how to grill out really elegantly over the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outdoorsy, plaid, denim, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of powerful, strong kind of thing. That makes a ton of sense for Buffalo Trace. Mm -hmm. If I turn around and I'm working on maybe I'm doing some cocktails, if I turn around and do cocktails with Josh Suchan, who is at Ice and Alchemy, Mm -hmm. Josh is very elegant. He's very Mm -hmm. sophisticated. His cocktails are very Mm -hmm. complex. Mm -hmm. That's not Buffalo Trace. No. No. Like he can make a great Buffalo Trace cocktail, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be completely opposite of what the Mm -hmm. brand, the audience expects Mm -hmm. from Buffalo Trace. So he's not a great fit for us. There's Mm -hmm. other cocktail people and other bourbon influencers Mm -hmm. that work for Buffalo Trace. Mm -hmm. He's going to work better for a 1792 Mm -hmm. bourbon, which is a little bit more elegant, a little bit more super premium, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So you've got to make sure that your uh, brand Mm -hmm. uh, alignment with that influencer is as Mm -hmm. close together as they can be, if not completely Mm -hmm. overlapped. When you find that like Derek Wolf and over the fire Mm -hmm. cooking and Buffalo trace bourbon, it's magic. And it just keeps growing Mm -hmm. and keeps growing. His audience loves us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our audience loves him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it turns out to be, you know, magic. We we're now on year four or five Mm -hmm. of doing things with Derek. Um, And it all started from, we saw his content and said, that really aligns mm-hmm. with the brand. Let's do something with him. Right. And it just it snowballed mm-hmm. from there.
1: Right. You know, and, and it, like you said, you know, he's now tied with that, mm-hmm. um, you know, but if Buffalo Trace were to do something that he didn't like, you know,
2: he's,
1: he's at least going to, to voice an opinion about it, Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that's, that's, what's interesting. And, you know, it happens at that small level too. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. when the the PTA woman doesn't like what the, you know, what, what happens at the, you know, the corner market, she's going to voice her opinion too, you know, and, and, and her 200 followers might, you know, decide, Hey, we're not going to that store. And then that store goes bankrupt. Um, That's true. You know, and, and so, you know, and I love, I love the little guy stories, um, you know, because it does seem like they're more authentic and and more real, you know, and in your book, you talk about getting reviews and and things like that. And, and of course, there's, there's very specific rules about getting reviews. Yeah. And I just, I had the most interesting thing happen just last week to me. Um, I had ordered a product on Amazon, you know, yes, I'm one of the, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the little UPS guy just stops all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was a heating pad, you know. Eh. I mean, you know, one of those totally innocuous items. And eh, week, couple weeks later, I got a handwritten letter from the guy who owns that company. So wow. obviously, it's a third-party Amazon vendor. Um, and and he said, and called me by name, you know. And and you know, and and he said, you know, I know that you brought you know, bought our product on X date. Would you mind going on Amazon and giving us a review? He didn't say a good review or a positive review. So he didn't break their rules. He just said, please, you know, please give me a review. Um, He said, we're a small business. We rely on people like you and and your reviews. And then he took it a step further. And I like this. He said, if you have a question or an issue, here's my email. Wow. And, you know, and, and so I thought, okay, I mean, now, you know, I'm, since this is what I do, I thought, okay, good for him. So I did, I wrote the Amazon review. and And then I sent him a note. And all I said was, hey, Ted, whatever his name was, just wanted you to know, I submitted my review. Mm-hmm. I didn't say if it was positive. I didn't say if it was negative. And he responded within a couple hours. And and he said, thank you so much. Um, and, and he said, please let me know if there's anything else that I can do. Now, I'm, you know, I, I've written less than 10 reviews on Amazon. So, I mean, this is not somebody who looked through and went, oh my gosh, this is an Amazon influencer. Right. He just, you know, took the time to send me a little note, yep. a, you know, and, 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 but I thought, it, it, obviously, it made an impact on me. Am I probably going to buy a product from him again? I don't know. I mean, you know, how long do heating pads last? But <laughs> I just, I thought that was a very interesting concept that small business owners can take to, to contact him. Now, if he'd emailed me, I probably would have ignored it. Yep. And I'm not sure he would have access to my email. Right. Um, but obviously, he had access to my address. And, um, but yeah, I just, I thought that. That was so interesting that that he did that, but he he knew to follow the rules. You know, he didn't ask for a good review or a positive review or anything like that. He yep. just asked for a review.
0: Well, and he 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 either got lucky or mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing and Googled you because he got someone who has influence mm-hmm. and who has a following online. So good for him, and mm-hmm. I, definitely for small business owners. Mm-hmm. That's that's an amazing way to mm-hmm. to get those reviews. What I talk about in the book, I think, you know, reviews is one of the four main outputs uh, that you're looking Mm -hmm. for from influencer marketing. And a lot of people ignore that one because they think, well, uh, you know, for Amazon, for Yelp, Mm -hmm. for Google, my business, I'm not allowed to tell people to go, you know, I can't encourage people. what if
1: somebody says something bad?
0: Exactly, exactly. But you, something else that Google looks at mm-hmm. is the reviews on your website, on your own mm-hmm. product pages. Right. You can tr- control that completely.
1: Oh, yeah. You can so, write them for people and say, hey, would absolutely. You see-
0: <laughs> but think about it this way you can also engage your influencers to say, well, I want you to post on your channels, but mm-hmm. I also want you to give me permission to take what you post and put it on my right. channels and my website. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, an influencer that you've engaged and mm-hmm. you've potentially paid or given product to, mm-hmm. they write something fantastic about you, they take a wonderful picture or mm-hmm. a video with your product, mm-hmm. slap that on a product page and all of a sudden your conversion rate's is going to go up. <laughs> so why wouldn't you use that? And so that's one of the four major outputs. Mm-hmm. There's obviously, you know, you're going to drive, you know, sales or use it as an advertising mm-hmm. channel, drive mm-hmm. sales and, and whatnot uh, and awareness. You're going to use it uh, from a public relations perspective to kind of build relationships, mm-hmm. but you're also going to use it for that sort of customer response review ratings perspective mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, manufacture. Right. better reviews mm-hmm. in the places where you right. can. In the places where you can't, the, the approach of just reaching out and asking mm-hmm. customers to do that is a, a smart way to do it. And then the fourth one that I talk about in the book is word of mouth marketing, mm-hmm. really driving word of mouth to kind of you know anchor your brand.
1: Right, right. You know, and, and uh, reviews, it, it, it's so funny because we'll totally ignore ads that a company puts out. Mm-hmm. But when we see something on Facebook, Instagram, wherever, written by a total stranger, we believe it. Yep. You know, and 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 I mean, for all we know, it's a total fake. I mean, you know, but but we do, we, we believe
0: it. Well, and there's a psychological, you know, sort of definition for that. It's called mm-hmm. surrogation, right? If we can't experience the product ourselves mm-hmm. before we're willing to commit to purchasing it or trying it or mm-hmm. whatever, we use a surrogate. And that's where ratings and reviews come into play. Right. They are a surrogate for our mm-hmm. experience. We go to Amazon and we look at mm-hmm. the reviews. We go to consumer reports and we read mm-hmm. what they have to say. Where we do trust the reviews, mm-hmm. uh, we'll go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's not that we have to know that person. We just have to have some inkling of identification with that person. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's their name. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their location. Right. Or maybe they say something in, well, I, mm-hmm. I was with my 12-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. I've got a connection. To that person because I'm a parent too. Mm-hmm. So there's something in there that, of the reviews that we do trust. It's mm-hmm. a psychological thing called mm-hmm. surrogation where we're using that surrogate experience mm-hmm. to make a, a, a purchasing mm-hmm. decision for our, ourselves. Right. Now, sometimes we you know, we, we source the wrong uh, information in, in terms of the wrong sources for reviews and we mm-hmm. can't really trust them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're trusting a, a bunch of people talking about a product in the comment section of a YouTube video, yeah, you're probably not mm-hmm. getting real good, mm-hmm. you know, real good mm-hmm. quality information there. But, you know, if you go, um, you know, to, to other sites that you do trust Yelp, Maybe you trust it. Maybe you don't. Amazon, maybe a little bit more trustworthy. Mm-hmm. All depends on your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're using that concept of mm-hmm. surrogation to help us make decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because it, like you said, I can't, I don't have firsthand experience, but somebody who is similar to me yep. has had, um, you know, and we know that for the the big sites, the Yelp, the Amazon, the, the you know, the, the Google, they, uh, you know, Facebook, all of those, they, you know, it is, you're going to see negative reviews there. Mm -hmm. And it's always a discussion I have with my clients when there's been a negative review. Because of course, their first thing is take it down. And I tell them, can't do that. (laughs) But, you know, they're either on or off. (laughs) So if I take that one down, they're all coming down. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and I explain, you know, it's supposed to be unbiased. So that's why we do that. And then I say, we have to respond. You know, we don't just ignore it. You know, and and so we, you know, depending on who the client is, we've got some some pretty standard answers that we give. But I tell them, you know, and really, you're not responding for the person who wrote it. You're responding to everybody else who reads it because exactly. they want to see that, you know, oh my gosh, they thought this was a problem. I, in all my years, I'm not sure I have ever had the original person who wrote the negative review respond. Yeah. And, and, and granted, I haven't had to do too many of these, which is good, yeah. but but yeah, they, they, they don't even read them, but it's for the follow-up people to
2: see it.
0: That you're you're absolutely right. And and what I've learned in in my years of doing this, especially when I was at a place like Cafe Press, which is an online mm-hmm. retailer that, mm-hmm. you know, lives and dies by reviews a lot right. of times, about and probably ninety-five percent of the negative reviews are just trolls. They're just people right. being oh, turned. Yeah. And they're and written they're,
1: like it's Saturday yeah. at one in the morning.
0: Right. And they're never they're and and they may have a genuine bad experience. You mm-hmm. do need to respond to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and But again, as, as you said, Deb, the response is not for them. It's really for the people mm-hmm. that are reading it. However, every now and then when they come back and mm-hmm. they respond, what ends up happening is you're illustrating that you're providing really good customer mm-hmm. service. Right. If the person continues to be a turd, mm-hmm. everybody's going to th- like think that mm-hmm. person's a turd. I don't right. trust that review. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know, and, and so the key is that you have to stay professional. If they call now, you know, granted there are some ways where you can, can have reviews taken down, especially bad language. Sure. Um, you know, some things like that. But yeah, if you know you don't ever want to stoop to their level, you know, if you have kept it professional, then you know, then they do look like the turd, even if they never respond. But then, you hopefully, you also get that other little thing that you mentioned, word of mouth, where your fans, your followers, the people who love you, respond. And that comes back to the, you know, you believe the total strangers before you believe the ad. You know, I'm like, yeah, they're going to believe that we're saying, well, we're sorry this happened. But when somebody else says, oh, my gosh, this is a great business, you're like, oh, okay, they must be.
0: And and I've found that, you know, even in, in the weird world of sports, if you mm-hmm. go into the Facebook groups for mm-hmm. sports teams and whatnot, if there's a negative Nancy that pops in mm-hmm. there, there's 20 people who immediately right. follow up with, I'll oh, mm-hmm. shut it up, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be in this group. Mm-hmm. So I- I- if you can manufacture that for your brand, if mm-hmm. you have the types of customers that are passionate about you because of your product or mm-hmm. because of your service or both, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about negative right. views. They're going to help you out. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun.
1: Right. And, and, you know, like you said, word of mouth is just so important uh, mm-hmm. because it is kind of the Joe on the street type of, of people saying things. And so you're much more likely to believe them.
0: That's absolutely true, and and word of mouth is one of those things that, you know, influencer marketing is is an extension of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a little nuanced. It's a little different mm-hmm. because it's tied to the internet, which mm-hmm. word of mouth isn't necessarily. Um, and I did a I, I did a very intentional thing when I was writing the section of the book on word of mouth. I interviewed three different people specifically for that chapter. Mm-hmm. One of them was Ted Wright, mm-hmm. uh, a fellow uh, a Georgian, a fellow Atlanta. Had
1: him on the program.
0: There you mm-hmm. go. So. Uh, Ted Wright at Fizz who Um, is probably responsible for about 50% of the top 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. great case studies in word-of-mouth marketing. They do a fantastic job. Then I interviewed Gino Church, uh, Mm -hmm. formerly of Brains on Fire. Now he's with a a firm called The Shared Mm -hmm. Ship. And he is a word-of-mouth Hall of Famer, uh, like Ted, and and has been involved in WOM for forever. And then I interviewed a young lady by the name of Christy Samus. And Christy Samus runs an agency in San Francisco called Mm -hmm. Clever. And she was one of the originators of the Walmart Moms program Mm -hmm. back in the day, so she's mm-hmm. been a part of this influence marketing mm-hmm. world for a long time. And I interviewed the three of them intentionally because I really wanted to sort of vet this idea of mm-hmm. influence marketing rather than influencer mm-hmm. marketing mm-hmm. against what word of mouth is. And I think you'll see in in that chapter in the book if you read it that we we have this conversation where I almost get Ted Wright to admit that influencer marketing is word of mouth marketing, almost, mm-hmm. not quite, but almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I've subsequently followed up and had him on my show, on my, mm-hmm. my podcast, and drilled him a little bit deeper. Right. And he won't completely well, admit it because mm-hmm. he's so passionate mm-hmm. and and so much of a diehard purist mm-hmm. about word-of-mouth marketing. He doesn't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. But he did say at one point on my show, he was like, tag it, Jason Falls. You came up with a, a, a better way of framing this in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Because if you look at it in that lens of influence mm-hmm. marketing rather than influencer marketing, and you do open up those mm-hmm. horizons for what it is, it does look a lot like word of mouth. It's Mm -hmm. a a lot like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. You know, one of the other things that that I was looking at recently was, you know, as we are recording this, the Oscars just Mm -hmm. happened. And so I happened to see a thing that was talking about the swag bags and and what they get. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, it was just like, oh, my gosh. And so now the one thing that I was curious about was who got them, because the value of the swag bags this year, the value two hundred and (laughs) five thousand dollars each and so of course i'm thinking okay did the you know the people nominated for best costume design and sir anthony hopkins also get no they didn't you know it's just the just the the best actor actress and director are the only ones that get these swag bags but i mean there's there's some silly stuff in there but there's way cool stuff but of course all of the people who are contributing things for these bags are hoping that those who get them comment about them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's the same thing as when we used to go to conferences and you get swag bags, right? You know, you take them out and you, you, you lay them all out and you go, "Oh, look at this. You see the negative things happen with say NCAA basketball. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge college sports fan and you know, it, it really, now I've known for years that women's sports don't get the priority that men's sports do. So many reasons for that. Right. Do I like it? No. But when you compared the swag bags for the, the players and the men covered the bed with everything mm-hmm. they got and women got like five things, you know, the men have been really cool five things. But those those poor people who donated those five things got absolutely no coverage, yeah. you know, and, and so swag bags. I mean, it's just interesting when you're giving things for people to, to try that that one really backfired.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that, that that was you know sort of poor, uh, and and the NCA had a lot of of issues, gender equity issues mm-hmm. with oh, this yeah. year's and, and I mean tournament. it was just such
1: a weird year, but you <laughs> know there's was. there's only so many things we can blame on COVID.
0: Well, little, little, little do do you or your uh, listeners probably know, but I spent 15 years in college athletics before mm-hmm. I did this whole digital marketing thing, and I grew up in the era of Title IX mm-hmm. and gender equity being, yep. you know, of when in it first started coming about, mm-hmm. right? And um, you know, I, I have a tendency to look at things like that and, and say, yeah, there's still a lot to be done. There's still a lot of progress to be made. Um, And I don't necessarily have a great solution for it. But I think if I'm talking about swag bags to a client, I would would say to them, look, I'm okay if you want to participate in swag bags, Mm -hmm. but the money that you're going to invest or the amount of product Mm -hmm. that you're going to invest in these swag bags, I can do a much better job of targeting NCAA women's basketball stars who are very active on social Mm -hmm. media and finding a compliant way within the NCAA Mm -hmm. rules to gift those individual Mm -hmm. people something so that they do something. Because I, they right. have a higher likelihood mm-hmm. of doing something mm-hmm. with your product rather than putting it in a swag bag and hoping mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 gamble that you take there. Let's take the Oscars for instance. Um, I know that Sir Anthony Hopkins does you know some things on social media. Mm-hmm. But it's normally involved with his painting and whatnot. Right. He mm-hmm. doesn't endorse products. He's not going to
1: say, "Hey, look no. at this cool thing I got."
0: The, the The most you'll get with him is he might, you know, have you might be able to see the bottle of wine he's drinking mm-hmm. from of in the in the background, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But you get some. If so, if he wins the best actor, which he I guess he did this mm-hmm. year you're your SOL. You're not going. Right. None, none of those products are going to mm-hmm. surface on his. But if a younger actor who's mm-hmm. really active on social mm-hmm. media gets it, now all of a sudden you've got a chance. You mm-hmm. don't have a guarantee, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. I think you're must much, much better uh spent and much better served mm-hmm. by going through the official channels and saying, "Hey, we would like mm-hmm. to gift this to talk to their management team. Mm-hmm. We'd like to gift this celebrity this right. thing. Mm-hmm. Would would we be able to do that and would they potentially post mm-hmm. about it on social media if they like it?" It's mm-hmm. a much better approach. You're Mm -hmm. probably going to get a lot more out of it, especially because you're controlling who you're asking Mm -hmm. to do that with. Right? Um, You know, I mentioned earlier I work in the spirits industry. Mm -hmm. One of my creative directors one time said, "I would love it. This brand would be great if somebody like Bradley Cooper, you know, where we had a photograph of him, Mm -hmm. you know, drinking a cocktail with this." Well, I reached out to Bradley Cooper's Mm -hmm. management team, and they said Bradley Cooper doesn't drink. And I'm like, okay, well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's Move no <laughs> getting around that. I mean,
0: yeah, know? that's just not. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how much we pay him. Mm-hmm. It, and and even if he did do it for money, it would be disingenuous because right. somewhere somebody know he knows doesn't he doesn't drink, doesn't drink. right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 still, I think you're much better served instead mm-hmm. of kind of rolling the dice with something like a a swag bag. Mm-hmm. I think you're much better served at really targeting who it is that you want to reach out to. Perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the Sazerac family of bourbons is who we work with. Mm-hmm. We reached out uh, this past year, uh, the brand team reached out to Chris Stapleton, the country music singer, mm-hmm. um, and because we know that he loves E.H. Taylor bourbon, and E.H. Taylor bourbon is one of those things that he's said before. We have gifted him some bottles before and knew that he liked it. Well, we reached out to him and said, why don't we do something really nice for you, but also for charity, mm-hmm. and let's do a, a, a single barrel select, a, a, a barrel of E.H. Mm-hmm. Taylor bourbon, and and say auction off the bottles Mm -hmm. and the the proceeds would go Mm -hmm. to charity. Well, now all of a sudden we've had two or three months worth of publicity with Chris Mm -hmm. Stapleton all over the place talking about E.H. Taylor Mm -hmm. bourbon. Mm -hmm. So again, being a lot more targeted with who you're trying to reach out to is I think much more effective Mm -hmm. in the long run.
1: Right. Well, and it comes down to being observant, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 monitoring things. I mean, you know, whether you're monitoring social media posts or, or you know, things like that. I mean, clearly one of the things that 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 you could be watching would be, you know, which t-shirts are country music stars wearing? Yep. You know, are they wearing a branded t-shirt for one of your products? Okay, they did. Well, why'd they wear that? You know, was it just mm-hmm. somebody gave it to them or, hey, they actually really like that? Um, you know, we, we see things like that happen all the time. You know the, the small business they see the person who posts about them on Amazon they see the, you know they the the person who you know they're a restaurant and they've consistently got you know Mr. and Mrs. Smith who come in every Friday and and you know write a you know a, a Facebook post about it. Those are the people that you want to talk to, you know, at least approach. They might go, eh, you know, this sounds like like something else, but yeah. yeah, like the the swag bags for the the Oscars. I mean, you know, they had concierge, vitamin therapy for hangovers, <laughs> a 24 karat vape pin. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I love this one. Liposuction sessions for, and then in quotes, celebrity arms. So you might've just offended a whole heck of a lot of people with some of these things. Um, But, you know, if, if you have found, okay, well, this person has been exercising and, and trying to lose weight and, you know, and okay, maybe that's the person that you want to go after for the liposuction. Maybe, maybe not, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, you know, just monitor those things, whether you're a local brand or, you know, a big, big national, international brand you know, that's, that's where you, you you find those people who already like you and love you. Mm-hmm. Why not nurture those relationships?
0: Absolutely. And if you have, especially if you're a small business, local business, we've got a young lady here in, in Lexington, Kentucky named Renetta Davis, who's doing a great mm-hmm. job of of on Instagram of showing off fashion and accessories mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. you know partners with local stores, retailers, mm-hmm. clothiers and whatnot. Well, I don't make, you know, dresses per se or blouses for women. Right. But maybe I make handbags or maybe mm-hmm. I make jewelry or maybe... Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe I am a spa owner. Um, mm-hmm. I could reach out to her and say, "Hey, I love what you're doing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I just out of appreciation, I'd love to have you to the spa and we'll mm-hmm. treat you to a day." There's a good chance she's going to post right. about it, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be organic. You're not going to mm-hmm. have to pay for it. Or then they give her the spa treatment, mm-hmm. and then you start the conversation with her on a relationship that well, maybe there's something more that can come out of this. And that's a great way to kind of start that that relationship with someone like that.
1: Right. You know and, and of course the big thing is stop worrying about numbers folks. You know having you know somebody who has 2 million followers post on their Instagram account may mean nothing mm-hmm. but having somebody who has 200 of the right people read about you on Facebook, you know that that's where the the value comes in.
0: Yeah. And I would, I would add to that, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. So let's say that you are um, a bank or a financial services mm-hmm. company and you're selling annuities. And so, so you need Um, you know, you need to sell basically $500,000 or more annuities Mm -hmm. in the next six months in order to make your margins or whatever you need to do, right? Well, why in the world would you care about someone who has 2 million followers on Instagram or 100,000 subscribers Um, on YouTube? mm -hmm. Why don't you find someone who has a couple hundred uh high net worth individuals who pay attention to their podcast or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's where you need to go. It's not a numbers game. It's the efficiency of it all. Mm -hmm. And so like, for instance, I, you know, I wrote a a book about influencer marketing, Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan's podcast. Didn't do me any good. I mean, yeah, it'd be great Mm -hmm. if I were on there, I'd probably sell a ton of copies, but his audience is not marketers. Mm -hmm. It's not agency people. Yeah. Yeah. There might be a few in there, but that doesn't make any sense for me. What I need to do is talk to someone like Deb Cryer, who's talking to you who is a much more relevant audience.
1: Right. Speaking of that, oh, my gosh, we are almost at the top of the hour. I'm going to show the book again. And and for those who are listening, it's called WinFluence. I have to stop and look at it. Reframing Influencer Marketing to Ignite Your Brand. The, The nice thing about it is tons of technique you know, and 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 steps that you need to take and and the things that you need to consider. Again, whether you're a big brand or you know, the the little guy who offers the heating pad for sale on on you know um it's such great information, you know, and and but you know for for people who might actually want to work with you, contact you directly, Jason, how do they do that?
0: I'm Jason Falls Everywhere. Uh, there's a politician in North Carolina with the same name who hates me because I own the first five pages of Google. So I'm easy to find. I'm at Jason Falls on all the social networks. Jasonfalls.com is a great place to find the podcast and the books. Real easy place. And uh, that's pretty much it. Just Google me. I'm there.
1: Perfect. I love it. I love it. And of course, you know what we're talking about is when you have good influence, you have win influence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> such a segue. Don't you love it? Um, well, you know, this, this really has been wonderful. We have to do it more than every, um, let's see, what would that be? Seven years? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so we will definitely have you on, uh, you know, sooner than that. So that means you just have to write another book or, or something. <laughs> I'll
0: get I'll get on that. Yep.
1: Um, but, you know, uh, what final thoughts do you have for everyone?
0: Well, I, I just would love everyone to just think uh, about what you're doing with influencers. It's a very effective and a very efficient way to reach audiences, especially if you really think about it strategically and pick the right influencers. And don't, don't believe the mainstream media. The mainstream media likes to report, you know, rubbernecking controversy type stuff. They're only going to talk about influencer marketing when someone does something stupid or there's some sort of statistic that says people are fraudulent. Um, about 80 to 85% of the world of influencers out there are incredible content creators creators who can create content alongside you, can create content for you, and they also have audiences that might be very relevant to your audience. So give it a thought. You know, try to find someone out there who makes sense for you, that you, whose feed you like and aligns with your brand, and just start the conversation. It's a, it's a great way to get started and build your confidence in the practice because I, I have a feeling this practice isn't going to go away anytime soon, and it's going to be really effective uh, and better, a better way to spend your money than a lot of other channels. Uh, so give it, give it a thought, give it a shot, read the book and I'd love your feedback on it.
1: Perfect, I love it, I love it. Well, this is always has been a delightful conversation. Can't wait to do it again. I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Jason Falls and until next time, everyone have a great day.
0: Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network.